Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Journey to the East, your Asian-inspired podcast as part of the Realm of the Mist Entertainment family. Once again, you have your host here, UA Blacklings, and of course, you have my co-pilot, Zephyr, along with me. Howdy, everybody. What are we talking about today? Well, you know, something that you and I have always greatly enjoyed, we've rarely had any fights about, but has been making something of a comeback lately. We're going to talk about one of our favorite digital pets, Digimon. Ooh, that's a good topic. That's a I figured, that's one that's I figured go- that's a really good thing to talk about right now considering the fact that not only is there a new movie that will be coming to America in a couple of months, but we also will have we also have a reboot of the original first season on the air right now. Yeah, actually. And I, I like it. It's kind of a bit of a soft reboot for Digimon. I would definitely go with a soft reboot. And I do have a... I, I like certain aspects of it, but there are a couple of aspects that I am a little bit troubled with. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Why don't, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. First off, for anyone who doesn't know about Digimon, what the heck's wrong with you? Have you been living under a rock for the last 30 years? <laughs> I mean, but aside from that, I figure that we should probably give a little bit of backstory on, you know, its rise in Japan and how it made its way across the big lake. Okay, so that'll probably be my specialty area because I've actually done the research into all of this. Well, um, I got stuff myself, but go on ahead, start us off. So at the beginning of Digimon, like the very first thing that that even started the whole Digimon craze over in Japan was actually a completely unrelated um, franchise. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was Tamagotchis. Exactly. And so the the OG digital pets. The Tamagotchi digital pets were really, really, really popular with Japanese girls. But the uh, Bandai, I believe, is the company that owns Digimon and uh, released the virtual pets originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might actually own Tamagotchi as well. I don't uh, I don't recall. I'd have to do more research into that. Um, but um, Bandai wanted a digital pet that appealed more to boys. So they created the Digimon, the digital monster line. And... Uh, it became known as Digimon as a portmanu of, uh, I know I pronounced that wrong, so sue me, um, of Digital Monster, hence Digimon. And uh, after the success of the digital pets, um, they uh, released they, 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 they released the anime. Or at least I think there was a, a manga in there between. There is the manga. I think there was a manga in between first, and then they did the, the anime. But, uh, Which honestly kind of surprised me a little bit, because I did not know that Digimon had a manga bit on it. I uh, know the, Pokemon does, but I didn't know that Digimon did. If I recall, the uh, the Digimon manga that, that first released before they did the anime was uh, a one-shot manga. So it wasn't, well, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even serialized. The serialized Digimon manga didn't happen until after the anime. So one of those rare cases where the anime preceded the manga. Very cool. 
Well, I mean, technically the manga preceded the anime, but it was a one-shot that preceded the uh, the the isekai that we got for okay, the uh, the first anime. And and and, turns and out, yes, Digimon the anime, the first season counts as an isekai. Fight me. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna fight you on that. That 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 was more of a challenge for the audience. <laughs> I had to think about that for a hot second, and I went, "No, no, he he's got a point. That first season absolutely does count as being an isekai." But uh, I actually, I actually uh, enjoyed the origins of Digimon a lot uh, because it, it's it's very parallel to uh pokemon pokemon's or pokemon's origins because pokemon started out as the game boy game uh that exploded in popularity and then they did the card game and the anime and all of that because there was just pokemon fever in japan and all over the world uh and um if i recall pokemon anime's release uh coincides with the uh, release of uh, the very first digital monster virtual pets. So well, every, everybody likes to have the argument of, of uh, which one's a copy of the other, when in reality they're two completely different franchises that have surface level similarities. Very true. As it turns out, Tamagotchi was a, a product of Bandai. I just chucked that. Okay. And if you really want to split hairs, I can do the research on it for you. But both Tamagotchi and Pokemon were released in 96. So yeah, they were released at virtually the exact same time. And you're 100% correct. Well, it's Tom- not a matter of one being a copycat of the other. They're two separate Feels. Right, Tamagotchi actually predates Digimon because the Digimon, the digital digital monster, virtual pets did not get released until after Tamagotchi took off. Yes, but um, so one of the things for Digimon is that it, as you mentioned, it started off as being the digital pets to spring off of the Tamagotchi line. It premiered for us in the states back in '99. Oddly enough, make that feel make you feel old <laughs> for a second which is funny because i mean we're the same age and it makes me feel old that's for damn sure i mean digimon digimon premiered in the u.s the same year uh as i recall pokemon the first movie came out in yep. the u.s because i right. i remember getting into digimon at around the same time that i also went to the theater and got a um uh what's the word for it um, it's not complimentary. Uh, basically, they were they were giving out the ancient Mew cards. Yeah. If you if you went and, and saw Pokemon the first movie uh, at a certain time and you got given an ancient Mew card, it was completely useless for the uh, card 100%. game. But it was that it was, was nothing more. <laughs> you couldn't freaking read it, but but uh. It was still cool to have, nonetheless. Now, something that I think a lot of people actually forget that you mentioned earlier, Digimon also had a card game. 
Yes, it did. Uh, Digimon did have a card game. I remember playing it in the, uh, I think it was 2000 to 2001. Um, the, the, car- the Digimon card game really didn't take off until about the third season started airing. Well, well, that makes sense because the whole basis of the third season was powering up your Digimon with the playing cards. Well, yeah, uh, the 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 whole the whole premise of Digimon Tamers was that it took place in our universe. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, the originally, I uh, if I remember correctly, there were pl- they were plans, there were plans that they wanted to do a crossover with Tamers and the Adventure Team, and it was going to involve crossing that dimensional barrier. But then plans for that were scrapped. Uh, in Is favor of something so? else. Um, I'd have to find the article that I read about it once, but uh, originally there were talks. I guess I shouldn't say plans. There were talks of doing something like that, but they scrapped it very early on. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Ooh, I'm, I think I'm. I think I'm glad that that plan got scrapped. But um. So the, the, the Digimon card game didn't take off until Tamers, really. Uh, but I remember playing it beforehand, and uh, it was it was an interesting game. Um, f- functionally, pretty similar to Pokemon, but um, a, a lot of a lot of the functionalities of the card game uh, were more reminiscent of its um, follow-on card game of Yu-Gi-Oh. Which I can safely say I got behind far better than I did with either Pokemon or Digimon card games. I got oh. behind Yu-Gi-Oh! really, really strong. Definitely. In, in, in terms of the trifecta, since we were going to be talking about them in during the course of this episode, because you can't talk about Digimon and not also mention Pokemon and then also it's mention impossible. Yu-Gi-Oh! It's impossible. They're, they're the trifecta. They're the... They're the uh, animes slash games slash insert whatever that everybody watched and loved and and grew up with in the early 2000s exactly and they're all still very successful franchises it was four kids television's bread and butter but uh in 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 the case of uh in the case of Yu-Gi-Oh digimon pokemon uh i will always maintain that digimon had the best animes pokemon had the best games and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh had the best card game. And I would agree with that 100% without even thinking about it. Which I think is awesome because like every single one of them in the trifecta all had those elements, but each one of them was better than the others at whichever one that they were good at. Now, that that's not to say to our audience listening that we have a bias towards any of those three in any specific category. Each category was very good in some aspect or another in all three genres that we just mentioned. It just so happens that each one of those happens to maybe edge out the other two in that specific title. Oh, I, I definitely think the listeners will get that if we ever do an episode to cover Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, oh, we probably I, will. I think it would be criminal for us not to. We probably will. We're just probably going to space it out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, Digimon, 
definitely had the best anime out of the uh the what i call the trifecta and uh I honestly think it was just because they the Digimon wasn't afraid to be adventurous in their storylines. Like it wasn't afraid to be adventurous and it wasn't afraid to be a little edgy at times. Um Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh in their animes both followed a set group of protagonists for quite a quite a long time. In fact, uh Pokemon's still following the same protagonist from mm-hmm. the back in the early 90s, and Yu-Gi-Oh! has since moved on to a um, changing up the protagonist every time they uh, go for a new play style uh, for for their game. And not to dip into Yu-Gi-Oh! too much, but that's actually something that got me turned off to the game, was they made a couple of play styles that I could never really get behind. Yeah, but we'll we'll save that for the Yu-Gi-Oh episode. Exactly. One thing though, and I feel like this is one thing of contention that we do eventually get into—not heated arguments, but we do argue about this. I am more of a Digimon video game fan than I am a Pokemon video game fan. Eh, I wouldn't say we really argue about it. Um, I will definitely give Digimon credit. The last couple of years, uh, the games they've been releasing have been pretty freaking good. But I Indeed. think that's I think that's also due to the fact that the uh, they've been taking uh, taking plays out of the playbook of a game series that I am that's very near and dear to my heart of Persona, because yeah. the the Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth games are very Persona esque. It feels very very much like persona uh but um i still maintain that out of the three digimon had the best animes because they changed up the protagonists just about every season uh, it was well with the exception of zero one adventure zero one and zero two they I mean, zero two we did have different protagonists that were this in the center spotlight but the original digidestin were still around it wasn't until Tamers that we got a brand new set all the way through. But still, um, Digimon Adventure Zero Two was a change in the protagonists, uh, much in the same way of like uh, in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when they passed the powers <laughs> on to the other uh, new Rangers. Like it, it was, it was, it was a cast shakeup that very obviously they were trying to focus on other characters other than the original Digidestined. We only had two members of the main cast that were original Digidestined that got a lot of screen time. Everybody else was cameos, and yeah, they're tangentially related to the plot. True. That was actually the exact comparison I was going to use was Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Honestly, it's the closest comparison I can think of because uh, they did have that changing out the red, black, and yellow rangers. Uh, well, actually, you could go so far as to say the first three seasons of the American of the Power Rangers between Mighty Morphin to Zeo to Turbo. Similar, yeah, but uh, again, that's an entirely other episode. Entire other episode. Yeah, exactly. We're getting far too off track here. So, but, uh, one of the things that really caught my attention, and I didn't figure this out until a couple of years ago, 
the first Digimon movie to come out was actually a combination of the first two movies that were released in Japan. Oh yeah. And and they weren't even like feature length movies. They were like forty five minutes long each. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was a combination of uh our war game was the name of one of them. I can't remember what the name of the next the one, one was. Armaged- or not uh, Diaboramon. Yes. Uh, Diaboramon was our war game. And then the second one with... Uh, um, Gogomon. Yeah. Was... What the heck was that movie called? Oh, I don't want the Digimon... I don't want the IMDB page. I want Digimon the movie Wikipedia because they will state it exactly. Hold on. Hold on. I got it. It was... Uh, Digimon Adventure and Digimon Adventure Children's War Game or Our War Game and Digimon Adventure Zero Two Digimon Hurricane Landing. Yeah, I got Digimon Keep... Hurricane Touchdown, and then Part Two was Supreme Evolution, the Golgi, Golden Digimental. Men... Yeah. All, all of our friends, uh, all of our uh, friends and fans, should keep in mind that the names of these, the English names of these series, are not super consistent because they're being translated from Japanese. <laughs> so no, no. Now, one of the things that I don't know about you, but it kind of disappointed me for the Digimon movies. The first movie got a lot of coverage. It was done in theaters. It got a lot of mainstream media here in America. But the other movies kind of fell by the wayside a little bit. The ones that got dubbed here in America. Um, Honestly, I think that was just because um, very early on, um, Digimon was not doing as well as the Pokemon series for, th- for theatrical releases, at least uh, because from what I remember, uh, Digimon, the movie got a theatrical release, had an amazing soundtrack. It did for, for, its, we, we for, its, Ameri- for its, Ameri- for its American release. Like uh, any, any of our fans that aren't in America or, or, or have not, heard about the Digimon the movie release in the United States need to go look up the Digimon the movie soundtrack for the United States because they added so many early 2000s and late 90s musical acts to that soundtrack and it's it's just amazing it, it it's like a time capsule and let me actually build off of that we recommend that you watch the first movie that goes without saying the first movie by itself was fantastic but that soundtrack made that movie three times better without breaking a sweat. The uh, the whole concept of Digimon the movie, at least particularly the R War game part of Digimon the movie, uh, the whole concept of it was so good that they actually the guy who directed uh, Digimon the movie reused the concept for a movie. Uh, in 2016 called summer wars really yes uh the the guy who directed uh, digimon the movie uh no not sp- not specifically digimon the movie but um digimon adventure digimon uh, our war game um 
directed Summer Wars uh, is Memoro Hosada. I really hope I pronounced that right. Uh, I love his work. Um, but he directed another movie called Summer Wars, which is pretty much beat for beat the same plot. Just uh, right. not not involving Digimon. And uh, a little bit more updated for our, our digital connected age these days. Um, now, as much as I enjoyed the original movie, I have to say that Revenge of Diaboromon was right up there, if not a little bit exceeding for me. Revenge, Revenge of no Diaboromon. reason than Armageddon. Revenge of Diaboromon was good. I kind of wished that we would have gotten theatrical releases of a lot of the uh, later movies. Because, like, for, for Pokemon, which was its main rival... Um, I know, I know. We wanted to try to avoid the whole Digimon versus Pokemon debate, but uh, we have we have to acknowledge that in the late '90s and the early 2000s, Digimon and Pokemon were rivals. Very much so. They were competing for a demographic that makes them rivals. But um, Pokemon got uh, Pokemon the first movie, Pokemon 2000, uh, Pokemon three, um, forever. Like, I think it was all the way up until Jirachi Wishmaker. Just about every single Pokemon movie got a theatrical release. I think I have to agree with you. I think Jirachi Wishmaker was the last Pokemon movie, at least in America, that got a theatrical release. Everything else was direct-to-DVD. Even then, I believe Jirachi Wishmaker was a limited theatrical release. Because I never actually saw that one in theaters. I got it on VHS. I think I saw that one in theaters. That that one was one of my favorites. I thoroughly enjoyed that. But uh, for, for Digimon, the really the only Digimon movie that got released in the United States, at least, for theatrical release was Digimon the movie, which was that yep. combination of Our War Game and Digimon Hurricane Touchdown. Um... And uh, anything further from Revenge of Diaboromon to the Digimon Tamers movies to Digimon Frontier movies, uh, they they weren't theatrical releases in the United States, at least. I don't know about them getting theatrical releases in Japan, but uh, I, I... I... I would say probably, because I know that the Tri-Series and this newest movie that came out in february all got the theatrical releases in japan so i would like to say that the ones that preceded it did the exact same thing because J- japan is very well known for taking the anime movies that come out specifically the anime movies that have gotten great reception from not only the japanese public but also from the world public when they come out with these movies, they make a huge thing about it, and they do the full theatrical release on them. Mm-hmm. I, I know, um, at least recently, uh, in the United States, we did get some theater theatrical releases for the Digimon Adventure Tri movies, but those those we were did. those were limited theatrical releases, and they were in partnership with Fandango, I believe. And and that's something that honestly really really warms my heart is the fact that the american public has shown such a great love for anime as a whole that 
theaters aren't looking at these movies that are being released, see how they're being received in Japan, and say, okay, let's do limited releases of these big movies coming out to take advantage of them. They've done it with, I, good lord, I can't even think of all the movies in the last five years that got the limited release treatment, and they've done significantly well as a result. American theaters have definitely been making a more of a push to release anime content uh, in theatrical releases uh, in the recent years, which uh, I, it's kind of the whole point of this show in and of itself is uh, pointing out all those things coming over from Japan and that cultural exchange, like uh-huh. from, at least from the lens of uh, Western audiences. Exactly. Um, I, I know. I know. Uh, our, our our friend Anvil is pushing for us to do an episode on tsunami, which might actually be a multi-parter because you yeah, can't no, that, that, you, that's you can't serious. cover that in in a single hour episode. Like that's not going to happen. Not even close. Well, here's the thing: we can cover tsunami, and we can also cover Adult Swim on that with that. And we'd be good for like a solid three months worth of content. Well, they do kind of go hand in hand with each other, but yeah, uh, they do. Again, we digress. Absolutely. Um, so let, let, let's backtrack a little bit. And let's start off with the seasons of Digimon. So we started off. Go on. So as far as the seasons of Digimon, uh, Digimon again was not wasn't afraid to to mix up everything uh, from season to season. So. Uh, we had Digimon Adventure and Digimon Adventure Zero Two, which really wasn't that huge of a shakeup from uh, the previous season. Uh, it did give us some interesting new evolution modes uh, with the Digi Egg, Digi Armor evolutions, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the original, which pretty much just took us straight from Rookie to Mega. Uh, and, and, and that that was pretty much it. This this is our basic evolution tree. Absolutely. And then Digimon Adventure Zero Two added some more complex Digimon ev- evolution with the whole Digi Egg, Digi Armor, and That's um, the fact that it expanded on the very first movie's concept of di- of Digimon fusing. Right. It, it 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 did a little bit more with what they call Jogress fusions. Uh, at least in the original material. Uh, I believe in the American releases, it was DNA Digivolution or something like that. DNA Digivolution. But uh, Zero Two touched more on that. Uh, Really, the only time we ever saw the DNA Digivolution or Jogress Evolution uh, in the original series was with Omnimon, but that was only in the movie. Oh, I, I could talk all day about that speaking speaking of um speaking of omnimon for the the brand new series that's currently airing whipping him out in the freaking second episode holy shit i'm so not okay with that well i'm i'm kind of okay with it because it seems like they're starting off this new series with a retelling of our war game that's how it felt to me, was that it was taking our war game and throwing that into the beginning portion of the season. And keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, this this show right now is only four episodes old. 
So there's, uh, there's obviously a lot of content for us to still be able to absorb. I actually, but, I actually think it's only three episodes so far. I don't think the uh, as nope, of as of this week, I don't think it's uh, the fourth episode has aired yet. No, they, it has. I've done a, I did a research on it before we started recording a little while ago. The fourth episode has aired. Okay, cool. I've got something to go watch. It, it, it's covered <laughs> a little bit stronger with Ty and Sora in that with Izzy making a little bit of an appearance, but it's it's more related around Sora and Bioman. Okay, but uh, definitely, I, I I like the way where the uh, Digimon Adventure the the twenty twenty series is going. It's it's interesting, and I love to see the retelling of it. Um, I did like the Adventure Try movies, which kind of was was the the where are they now? Uh, well, of try, the original try cast. The very view, not only here but in Japan. There were some people who actually really didn't care for it. Yeah, but I think it was more because it was aimed at older audiences. Like, the whole point of the Digimon Adventure Try movies is for that nostalgia. And I think some, people, were, I think some people felt that it was pandering to nostalgia as opposed to actually providing something interesting. Okay, yeah, no, I, I'll agree with that then. Uh, and then from, I guess, Digimon Adventure Zero Two, we jumped to Digimon Tamers, which we talked about had the explosion in popularity for the card game that coincided Absolutely. with it, because they actually, in the anime itself, utilized the card game. And one of the things that really drew Tamers off of the shadow of Zero One and Zero Two, aside from the card game, it spent the entirety of, I would say, the first ha- easy first half of the show's run in the human world instead of the digital world, mm-hmm. which really set it apart from the predecessors, which took place almost entirely in the digital world with a couple of bits in the human world. Yep. So that automatically shook things up a little bit. But then we also had the introduction of the... Um, uh-oh, I'm blanking here. What's the Mega Evolution called again? Mega Evolution? Or not Mega, the... Oh no, the Mega Evolution. The fusion between the Digidescent and the Digimon. Huh? In Tamers, when they got to their Mega Evolution... Oh, that's was right, because three... it was their, 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 their Tamers and them would fuse. Uh, yes. Fuck, I have to look that up. <laughs> I can't, I can't for the life of me remember it, but anyways, we, we can come back to that in a minute. Um, I will say that that season carried possibly the most nightmarish villain for me out of all the seasons of Digimon, and that was the D-Reaper. Uh, say again? For me, season or Digimon Tamer's D Reaper villain at the end of the show's run was probably the most nightmarish for me out of all the villains, and I'm taking into account my Otis Pond with that. Uh, I could probably go with that. Yeah, uh, Tamer's if for, if Tamer's no definitely was one of the more treated Jerry in it. Tamer's was definitely one of the more dark series. It really was. Uh, it, 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 Digimon Tamers definitely was affected by that uh, early 2000s edgy 
uh, push that that yeah. chil- children's uh, children's media needed to be edgy and awesome and and uh, Digimon Tamers definitely fell victim to that. It really did. And then after Tamers, we had the really. I mean, if we thought Tamers broke the mold, it was it was Frontier that oh, decided to man. that new mold. And I sh- love Digimon Frontier, not only because. Was- not only because that opening, but because it is <laughs> such a great story, and I loved the idea that the Digidestined themselves were the Digimon. It got such a bad rap, though, for that exact reason, and I think that that is such a bullshitted reason to dislike the show. Yeah. I love the fact that these kids were able to turn into their digi- digital spirits. I love that. That was a concept that just blew my mind and made me fall in love with it all over again. I mean, the thing, the thing that I, the way I viewed it, that I think I've, I've convinced more people of, okay, that's not as bad, of, uh, is they were all looking at it through the lens of, like, these guys don't have Digimon partners, and the whole point of the Digimon series is, like, friendship and having a partner and, and being, and I'm like, but yeah, they don't have a specific Digimon partner, but they're borrowing power from these spirits. And then the whole friendship is all of them as a group. And I mean, that's not to take anything away from the Digidescence that came before. They also had the companionship of the group along with it, but I definitely feel like Frontier emphasized that, and it had to. It had to emphasize that a little stronger. There, there is, there is actually a uh, fan theory out there that the cast of Digimon Frontier were the original Digidestined that are mentioned in Digimon Adventure. Yes, there, there. That was one thing. If anything for this reboot that is airing right now, if they decide to go along a similar path as the original Digimon Zero One did, I hope that they revisit that one snippet and give us a little bit more info. Because that has been the biggest tease for the entire show's run for as long as I think anyone can say. Yeah, like I I really I I really liked the fan theory that the Frontier team was the original original Digidestined. Um, because of, because of that, they, they, they didn't have the part Digimon partners. They had the access to the spirits. And, uh, I think I always thought it would have been really cool if like the Digimon adventure had gone to the, these are the, these were the original 10 Digidestined. Here are the spirits that they used for Digivolution and everything. And then that was how like they could have introduced armor Digivolution and all that. Because, like, could you imagine Agumon uh, digivolving with, with the Agunimon human spirit? Oh, God. That would have been cool. <laughs> that would have been amazing. But, let's see. After Frontier, we had... Oh, God. Uh, Frontier was Data Squad. After Frontier was Data Squad. I couldn't get behind Data Squad. It saved my life, buddy. After Frontier is where I started to fall off the rails. Which is really a shame, because I feel like you would have loved Data Squad uh, off the uh, sole fact alone that the main character 
is vo- uh, his English voice actor is the exact same voice actor for a character I know you like from uh, Kingdom Hearts. Yes, yeah, so I'm very aware of who you're talking about here. I have watched a little bit of Data Squad, and I do like Marcus. But the problem that I, I, I don't know what my problem was with this. I think it was the fact that it was a different form of Agumon not going along the regular Digimon Digivolution tree. I think that was my main turnoff for this show. See, I actually liked the fact that Marcus's Agumon had a different Digivolution tree. Because it actually, it actually made the original Agumon more personal to tie. Okay, that's fair. I can agree with that. And if anything, it shows the fact that Digimon don't have to go down a set route for how they choose to evolve and grow. Well, yeah. I mean, even even Tamers proved that. Because Gilamon was a Digimon that did not exist except for in uh, Takuya's imagination. And actually, we can go even further than that. In Zero One, Tai is so try so hard to try to get Agumon to digivolve to his ultimate form, he forces him to go down a different tree length altogether with Skull Greymon. Yep, that that's actually like. <laughs> From the very first series, we learned that Digimon don't necessarily have to follow a set Digivolution chain. And actually, I think that might be one of the reasons why I love the video game Digimon Cyber Sleuth as much as I do, is the fact that you can start off with X-Digimon at its baby form, and you have such a world of possibilities in front of you on where you can take that Digimon to go. Yep. It's one of the things I like about it too. Although personally, I would I would be able to do some more like uh, customized Digivolutions because I think my boy Terriermon got uh, gypped with his. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I think he got cheated in uh, his uh, Digivolutions. Because well, don't get me wrong. I like Gargamon and I like Mech Gargamon and Rapidmon, but still. I feel like maybe he should have gotten some better better digivolutions that didn't involve going all bunny. Eh, I mean, they they take it down interesting paths. This is nothing new that either of us have seen when it comes to it. So, I mean, you take what you can and you enjoy what's available. And as we've seen... From the beginning all the way up till now, there's always the possibility that Digimon are going to go down a new path. It's just a matter of time and a matter of inspiration. Yep. Um, so something that see. I think that you and I definitely need to cover is our love, a very specific aspect of Zero. Oh, the the crests? Like the crests, the, the crests were an amazing addition for lore and whatnot. Uh, I mean, you, you and I love the Digivices very much so, and we have our favorite Digivices that we like, but I think that it's a mutual love for the crust that they introduced in Zero One that really put a spin on a couple of our creative ideas. I honestly did feel that, that, like the, that they missed an opportunity of not including the crests in the rest of the wider Digimon lore. Mm-hmm. 
because I feel like after Zero Adventure uh, Adventure and Adventure Zero Two, that they really should have included the crests in at least some form for Digimon Tamers and continued to include them uh, in Frontier Forward, because I feel like the crests are a huge part of Digimon lore. And I, I uh, would agree that and i think that they could have actually expanded on it because if i i know that you've taken a look at it at least i think you, but some of these fan creations and and fan art for other crests and their meanings and even a dark set of crests that really blows your mind at how creative that they could have taken this path down and just chosen not to i mean that that probably would have been a nice addition for us to have as an additional conflict of the zero one crew or the zero two crew finding out that there's this, these dark crests out there that the enemies can now use. And also, fans, we are not talking about Ken and the crest of kindness on that. That was a good crest. We all know that. Hey, to be fair, Ken didn't get his crest until after he stopped with the whole Digimon Emperor stuff. Very true. But I, I felt a great need to exemplify that real fast. He so, didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't get his crest until he stopped with his cosplay obsession. <laughs> That's right. I said okay. it. There. That. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. Uh, speaking of the moving on from Data Squad, um, Digimon Fusion was the next in line for the series. And uh, I will admit, I don't really have a huge idea of uh, what Digimon Fusion was about. I really only know about a couple of the main characters and their Digimon partners for that. I, I do know that there was a lot more emphasis on, like, uh, for lack of a better word, fusion in uh, it. Yeah. Um, like, uh, from what I've seen so far of Digimon Fusion, like, these guys were, were straight up Gurren Laganing it. Exactly. Of just sticking, sticking Digimon together that so, have no so, business being together. So, real quickly, before I give my two cents on this, a little, a little question for you. What, what channel did Fusion air on? Do you know? In America. Um, I don't actually know. Um, Digimon Fusion is the only Digimon show that aired on Nickelodeon. Really? Nickelodeon got the rights to it. Because Disney, Disney is originally the ones that had the right to air it in America, and it aired on their properties. But Digimon Fusion is the first and only one to air on Nickelodeon, and it well, aired for a few episodes on its did, channel of Nickelodeon Digimon or, over to Nicktoon. Disney didn't originally own the rights to Digimon for distribution in America. The first well, the first company that owned the rights for the first four seasons was Saban. No, I understand that, but Saban was bought out by Disney. But Microsoft. not but not until after the, the fourth three. season. No, it was the end of season three. For Saban, Saban's yes. acquisition was, um, I believe the acquisition by Disney was not until 2004. 
Well, while we compare our notes real quickly on that. Um, oh, no. Apparently, on July 23rd, 2001, it was announced the group would be sold to Walt Disney Company as part of the sale of Fox Family Worldwide, Fox Kids Worldwide, now ABC Family Worldwide, by Ham Saban and News Corporation. And on October 24th, 2001, the sale was completed. So, yeah, 2001. So, so they went to Disney right in Tame. the middle of Digimon Tamers. Okay. So after that, Digit well, between um oh dear me, why am I blanking out so bad today? Between Data Squad and Fusion, there was a there was actually a really big gap in that, at least in terms of its production in America, but it still continued to produce relatively streamlined in Japan up until the end of Fusion. And the only thing that really caught my attention in Fusion, Fusion was two things. One, it really brought to light the introduction of the Royal Knight. Something that was only really mentioned in the video game, specifically in Cyber Sleuth. But it, was, it really brought to aspect the idea of the Royal Knights and the fact that there was a Digimon Patriarch. There was a Digimon King called King Drazel or Drexel? Drassil. Like Pardon? King Drassil. It's Thank it's you. it's a it's a playoff of Yggdrasil, which is the uh uh which which honestly Norse mythology makes a lot of appearances in the whole background Digimon lore. It really um, does. A big problem with uh why the Digimon animes um uh, got such a bad rap uh, as opposed to something like Pokemon or whatnot, is a lot of the wider Digimon digital world lore. You had to play some of the video games to get it. Like yeah. the the whole the whole Royal Knights and everything really first started appearing in the Digimon World series, mm-hmm. and you had to play through those games to try and piece together all that lore, lore. until they were. Uh, introduced in certain animes and in games that a lot more people played of the Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth series. Yeah, and I mean, if anything, it really showed the, I don't want to say versatility of the show because it really didn't, but it showed, it, it brought out an aspect of the Digimon that we had never seen before and it showed Digimon that didn't regularly make an appearance, that were only shown during very special occasions, such as Omnimon, Alphamon, Magnavidramon, and the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I thoroughly enjoyed about Fusion that almost got my attention to give it a shot, but they never did the dub on it, at least as far as I'm aware near the end of the run for it, they brought back several of the original Digidestin. Yes. And it, it, it was like a Power Rangers collab. Um, I as I, as I recall... 10 years old again, and I thoroughly loved it. As I recall, they only brought back all of the uh, 
I guess, I guess you could say they were the courage crest holders. Um, Are you sure about that? Because I thought I saw Matt in there too. I don't recall Matt being in the uh, re- being in the returning, but he might in at least scenes that I saw. I do remember Ty Davis, uh, Takuya, and Marcus were all brought back. Hmm. Okay. So Forever Red, but Digimon. Yeah, I don't remember if they brought um, Frontier. I don't remember. I can't, I would have to watch. That. But to be I fair, to be fair, it would be a little weird to bring him out because it would be a little weird. But I mean, it wouldn't be that far fetched. Honestly, they would probably have been better off of just bringing Agunimon out. True. So, aside from that. We now have, fast forward to the 15th anniversary six years ago with the announcement for Digimon Try, and we covered that already a little bit. But one thing I'd like to touch just real fast before we move on to the new stuff and get ready for wrap-up. They gave Omnimon another four. Okay. Okay, that was rather lackluster, I'm not going <laughs> no, that's, well, just, that's I, just because for me you yeah. cut out halfway oh I'm sorry um, one of the things that really impressed me about Digimon Try on the whole was wasn't until the very last movie and the fact that they gave Omnimon one of my favorite Digimon a second form you keep cutting out on the second form oh for crying out loud like they gave him a second form, and then you got to say explain what the form is, and you're cutting out, and it's like, it's like this episode really doesn't want you to explain what that second form for, is. I'm, I'm waiting for your input on it. I can't remember the name of the form. I I still haven't I haven't actually gotten that far in the Adventure Tri series. Uh, oh, well, I'm still on I'm still on movie number four. Spoilers. Say again. I'm still on movie number four. Okay, in which case, spoiler alert, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) But going into what's airing now, we have the final adventure movie that's going to be coming out to America in June, direct-to-DVD, which is supposed to take place five years after the events of Try. And essentially, in a nutshell the Digidestin are growing up and can't have their Digimon anymore. Ah, Last Evolution Kizuna. You've got to be talking about that one. Yeah. And the idea... First off, they're going to be premiering a new Digibyte, which I haven't seen yet. But I don't know... I'm going to keep my opinion reserved on that. But... Am I the only one who feels like they've kind of overdone adventure just a little bit? I mean, as far as... No, I don't think they've overdone Digimon Adventure. Because I feel like it's 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 a proper closure to an arc. And uh, the uh, honestly, one of the things they really needed to do for Digimon Adventure was show us how they got to that little snippet that they showed us at the end of Zero Two. Well, the thing that I'm worried about is that they're going to completely disregard that little clip at the end of Zero 
Conference, yeah. I feel I don't feel like that they're going to completely disregard it. They might make a little callback to it and do a small amount of retconning, but uh, I, I do enjoy the fact that the Adventure Tri movies and Last Evolution Kizuna is trying to give us that closure of the character's arc because we were shown those characters as adults. Fair enough. And to, and to, that... to, to show us that and then not expand upon it of how they got there just seems a bit like teasing. Well, it wouldn't be the first time that any anime has done something like that to the fan base. But still. Um... True. And then we have the reboot that is going on right now. And we've we've dabbed around this topic a little bit throughout the entire episode. I'm actually way more excited for where the reboot is going than I am for anything with the whole Digimon Adventure Try or Last Evolution Kazuna. And I feel like that's where most of the fan base is as well right now. Because I, I like what they're doing with... Because uh, Digimon Adventure came out in, ni- in, in 1999. 99 so our our technology and and our the way our world is connected is way different from what it was back in 1999 yeah and i think that's one of the great things that they're doing with the soft reboot is there is they're doing the story of digimon in a more connected world so real quickly out of curiosity do you think that they're going to introduce um Kari as a Digidestin sooner, or are they going to hold off on it? I think they're going to introduce her as a Digidestin sooner in this in this version. Um, okay. Actually, one of the things I I, I'm, uh, I I touched on it at the very beginning of this episode with the Digimon as an Isekai fight me. Uh, this soft reboot of Digimon Adventure is not actually an Isekai because so far they have not had them travel to the digital world yet. They've gone into the internet. Okay, I'm going to keep. I'm going to just keep my mouth shut and just wait for you to watch episode four. Then, like I said, so far they haven't ventured into the digital world. Once, once they actually hit the digital world, uh, but even so, after that point, it'll be a stretch to consider it an isekai because in the original Digimon Adventure, they were stuck in the digital world and had to find their way home uh i think i think from the very get-go of this one it's just going to be hey there's this whole other world that we can reach because we have digivices and i think and i think that's i think that's where it's going to stay for this version i don't know if they end up getting stuck i will maintain that it's an isekai if they don't get stuck then uh this particular version is not quite an isekai Okay, no, I, I would agree with that then. Um, I am curious about your opinion, though, real fast before we wrap up. Um, the Digimon Digivolution cycle that we've seen is still with the Digivices, but we get to actually see their crust in the Digivice as they're Digivolving from P to Champion. Do you feel like they're going to have a huge feel with the crests themselves in this reboot or is it going to just be a symbolized thing i feel like there there's actually going to be a lot more to the crests in this reboot uh because they've already shown us the crests and everything attached to each person so 
I feel like there's going to be a lot more to the crests and we're actually going to get some more lore pertaining to the crests in this version. All right. Well, we're going to have to wait and see as they slowly bring out this new version for us. They haven't done anything with the dub yet, which isn't surprising considering today's present climate and all that. It's put a little bit of a damper on English dubs and simul dubs simulcasts yeah but i mean if you're one of those people like zephyr here who enjoys watching things subbed definitely recommend it give it a shot and enjoy yeah i wouldn't say i wouldn't say whether i enjoy one or the other but uh i am definitely one of the kind of person that will just watch it in whatever format it is absolutely fair enough man and with that we are coming up relatively close to our cutoff point so zephyr why don't you tell everybody where we can find you uh, you can find me at Press A Gaming, of which I am the host, and then you can also find me here, Journey to the East, at which I am your co-host. And uh, also look forward to seeing me and some other individuals, uh, UA included, uh, on our Sounds Dicey channel. Uh, we're bringing back Chronicles of the Lost Realm, and uh, it's going to be a fun time. Definitely check that out. Yeah, as long as our DM decides not to do rocks fall from the sky, everyone dead in the first 30 seconds. Oh, please. He's more fun than that. And on that note, just as a little tease, our DM would happen to be the all-consuming flame of gluttony, Anvil. Which, if anyone knows that personality, knows that we are in for one wild ride. Oh, yeah. And as always, I am your host, UA Blackwings, here on Journey East, where you can find me. You can also find me on the occasional episode of Press A Gaming, helping to cover that with Zephyr. You can also find me on a coming up episode of The Sock Drawer with Salem and Dusty. You will also find me occasionally dropping in on After Hours. We have some very uncensored fun at the extent of each other. If you're looking for an audio-only podcast about that, we do have you covered. You can find us on Anchor.fm. You can find us on Apple Podcasting. You can find us on Pandora, Spotify, or anywhere else quality podcasting can be heard. You can also find us on YouTube under new Realm of the Mist Entertainment. You can find us and all the previous mentioned podcasting and much, much more. And as Zephyr had mentioned, you can also find the both of us and a couple more personalities from Realm in the Mist on the brand new launch of uh, Criminy. Chronicles of the Lost Realm. Thank you. I was on I was on such a roll that I lost myself. Chronicles of the Lost Realm on Sounds Dicey Gaming. You can also listen to us do that those episodes live on Sound Dicey's gaming Twitch channel, the description of which will be located down below. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming along on this journey to the east with us. I am UA Blackwings. We will see you next time.